Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. This time I want to talk about a big issue of the day. It's inflation. Is it time to be concerned about inflation? And where you go to see if inflation is a big issue in the bond market, the bond market. So nothing exciting. 6.3 is still the unemployment. And Secretary Yellen has mentioned a couple of times they'd like to get back to where we were before, 3 or 4%. That's great. Again, I'll emphasize Ms. Yellen was an excellent choice for treasurer. She's a very smooth, calm, politically correct treasurer. And she's saying the right things. Unemployment needs to come down a little more, but as a quick reminder of the nine and a half million jobs that were lost when the lights went out, I'm in the camp that about six million of those jobs are never coming back. Movie theaters, businesses and hotels associated with a lot of business travel, airlines have adjusted, all of that stuff. Those people are gonna be part of a new piece of the economy or the gig side or the underside. So when we get back to 3%, it's gonna be a different 3% than it was before. Interest rates for mortgages have crept up a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little more. Inflation really is kind of a big thing out there. This is data up till about the middle of 2016. Things have changed, but that's as accurate as we can get. If you look at in the last 20 years, what has really gotten expensive, it's college and textbooks. The service side, a little bit of medical care, mostly the service side. Everything that's flat and neutral, cars, basic manufacturing, TVs, all that kind of stuff, they've been in deflation all this time. That's a small part of the economy to have so much inflation in it, education and textbooks. There's about $150 billion going specifically to education in this round of stimulus money, but most of that is primary care and laptops and that sort of stuff, not college tuition. That's a nice way of saying there's not a lot of inflation brewing in the economy, and I know it's a big thing in the media. Quick reminder, we've talked about M2, money supply, and how money is accelerating in the economy. Money supply here on the light blue, if you look across, there's about $19 trillion sitting in checking accounts and savings accounts just in the U.S. This is not 401ks or corporate pension plans or state reserves or a lot of places where there's other money, corporate cash programs, that kind of stuff. This is checking and savings accounts. It's a lot of money. If you're concerned with government debt, which is, let's call it, $19 trillion is a tiny bit more than that. If everybody offered to say, here, you can have what I have in my checking account, my savings account, you'd pay off the federal government debt. Great. Uh, you'd have a lot of consumers with not a lot of money. They'd have a 401k, equity in their home, some money in the stock market. They just wouldn't have a checking account and a savings account. Now, I think that would have an impact on taxes and a few other things, and consumer spending, but the government wouldn't have any debt. A lot of questions about, gee, the government debt is just getting out of hand. It's not. It is very relative. It's why we have this money supply and the acceleration of money right now. There's lots of it there. It's not accelerating, meaning it's not changing hands very quickly. 
There's not a lack of liquidity in the system. Lots of money, lots of money. Manufacturing is doing a great job. You look at the heartland of America and where a lot of the nuts and bolts outside of the already robust service side of the economy, this is manufacturing. Industrial production, this number is good past where it was before the lights went out, just about, excluding autos and all that's associated. Heart of manufacturing is doing very well. And this is not all onshoring stuff. It's fundamental improvements, changes, people trying to fix the supply line. Uh, mining is doing pretty well too. In a lot of ways, that is not coal or any resurgence of the fossil fuel side of things. It is more and more copper, which is at 9,000 a ton this morning, and rare minerals, which has really been the last vestige of holding the world at ransom was rare minerals out of China. United States and Australia are going to make up for that in a big hurry, as well as Brazil and South Africa. Let's not get diverted. Another question is how are we doing in the globalization of everything around here? Are our exports and imports really fell apart after the lights went out? No, they slowed down, not as much as 2008, but they've recovered very quickly. The service side has recovered very quickly, and the service side is software, expertise, some banking. What we're exporting, fine manufactured goods, finished products, upper-end retail products, cars, that kind of thing. Uh, not clothing or shoes, it's upper-end. The only issue right now is how to get the stuff where it needs to go. There's a lot of empty cargo containers in Long Beach and Los Angeles and all along the West Coast, and they're just hesitant to ship it all back empty to China. Normally, when those cargo ships go back to China, they're about half full. The rest of the containers are empty. Seeing as there's been some issues with trade with China here recently, it's still going to take another six months before ocean-going cargo gets settled. Stock market's still doing well. Here we are the last year. We've done a little math for you. And if you go to the very bottom of where the S&P 500 was March last year and run it up to today, well, it's up 75%. Yeah, okay. That's a good number. Forget when it went down. If you bought right at the bottom, you'd be happy. Most people are happy anyway. It's still good news. Fundamentally, when you get back down to it, compared to other beginnings of bull markets, this is as good a start in a bull market as we've had since 1932. This includes 1982, 70, both shots in 2009. Uh, very robust. I hope you didn't miss it. I think it should settle. It should correct. It should do a lot of things. As you know, I've been hoping for a correction here for a little while just to make some of the numbers look better. It is not going to come apart. There's so much positivity, love that term, positivity, in the marketplace. More stimulus coming out. Interestingly enough, you look at the $1.3 trillion that Congress is looking at right now and very likely go through the next couple of weeks. Two-thirds of that spending is for 2022. It's not like it's needed right now. It's not. We've been keeping track of GDP, remember? The first estimate for fourth quarter GDP, is it four? The next estimate's going to be, I'm guessing, 4.3. 
I think the first quarter of 2021 might be six. It will fundamentally be positive. There's no way you're going to have a double dip recession. It's going to be how good is it? And fundamentally, it looks pretty good. Now, the bond market. You should always go to the bond market to find out what people are afraid of. This is since 2016, the 10-year, the yield on the 10-year. Remember, when the yield goes down on a treasury bond, the price is going up because people are buying them. When they buy a lot of treasuries because they want absolute safety, and this is absolute safety, there's nothing safer on earth than the 10-year treasury, the yield goes down. Whoop! Lights go out, yield goes down, people are buying treasuries. The yield is starting to creep back up because it's not because of fear of inflation. That's an absolute, but most people aren't worried about inflation. They're going to the stock market. They're getting out of their treasuries. They're not worried about it so much. They're going to the stock market. And here you see things like high quality corporates, high quality credits, as a percentage, people are selling them slowly, more and more, not because they're tired of them, they're bored with them. On the bond side of things, what they're doing is buying leveraged loans, which are loans that are basically built on bank loans that have adjustable interest rates. So if rates do go up, and they will go up a half a point, not four points, they'll get a tiny bit of return. And junk bonds, very popular these days, get a little better yield than corporates, quality corporates. That's not bad news. It's investor psychology and people adjusting their bond portfolios. Here's basically where we are in a pending issue. This is late mortgages, pending foreclosures, all that kind of stuff. We've talked about this before. The mustard color there are the 90-day lates. And they are coming down in a, lot of, in a lot of ways, faster than they were in 2008. Some respects, it's people trying to catch up because they don't want to lose their homes. Another respect, there's a lot of organizations out there buying these houses underneath people. Just to get in, they'll pay off the debt. They firmly believe the housing boom is going to continue. This always happens. The issue here is the red side, things in foreclosure. It is artificially held back. It is not representative of what's going on. Moratorium is extended till June. Probably a good idea. There's no point mucking up the works right now. We don't know where this number is going to go, but it's not going to be very good data because there's already people in the system polluting it. And if somebody didn't pay their mortgage for five months and then an outside vendor come in and bought the house from underneath and they moved away, well, it kind of skews the numbers. That's where we are, finally. What are the bits and pieces of what's going on in this latest round in Congress? A lot of questions, gee, the media really talks about, isn't it important that we pay off all the student debt? Well, if you paid off all student debt, about a trillion and a half, well, you could do it uh, at the expense of unemployment insurance, the earned income tax credit, food stamps. Those are all state programs. 
There's about 350 billion of this round of stimulus going through Congress that are for state programs. And it is trying to refund some of these exhausted unemployment accounts, fund the earned tax credit, low income, fund food stamps, food, yes. I think those three might trump the need to pay off student loans. And it goes on and on and on. Is supplementing Social Security income more important than forgiving student loan debt under $50,000? Well, I would think so. Housing assistance, Pell Grants, are all those more important than forgiving the loan? Probably. I mean, there's the nature of the argument. But the crux of this matter is not going out of the way to help those people who had student loans. Most of them paid them off. And they're the, not the end of the economic food chain that needs the help. Nice way to say that. Okay, been looking for problems in the markets. There really aren't any. If we had a little adjustment, great. There's a lot of money flowing in. There's not a lot of bubbles. As always, I'm happy to address questions. That's at info at shwj.com. And I appreciate you joining me. Thank you.